In this episode of my podcast, I'm going to be talking some playoffs and simming a cool idea I had online. I'm Ben C. Gisser, and this is World of Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast, Ben Gisser speaking as I said in the introduction. So, um, before I get started with this podcast, episode 8 of the World of Baseball podcast, I'm just going to say that I have a cold right now. I'm battling through a cold, so if I sound a little bit off, it's because of that cold. If I sneeze during the middle of this podcast, it's also because of that. Hopefully I won't. Hopefully I won't have to blow my nose or anything, but I'm doing this for the fans, for the supporters of the World of Baseball podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy today's episode of the World of Baseball podcast. So, we're going to get into this quickly, but before I do, I would like to say as well, World of Baseball can be contacted on Twitter at handle World of Baseball and can be emailed at worldofbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. We've gotten a few suggestions via the email and the Twitter, and we hope to see all your suggestions as we move forward with this podcast. There's been some interesting suggestions, one that I plan to do in the next three weeks or so. Stay tuned for that. It'll be my first fan suggestion episode of the World of Baseball podcast. So let's get started. We're just going to talk a little bit of playoffs, a little bit of playoff context. The Washington Nationals have advanced to the World Series. I would never thought I would say that, but I officially have said it. The Washington Nationals, the former Montreal Expos, are in the World Series after a sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals. If you remember last week, we were talking on my podcast with my guest, uh, Mr. Steve Guinan. We talked about our playoff predictions moving forward, and Mr. Guinan said it was going to be Cardinals, but um, I said Nationals, and I was pretty right on that. A big sweep for Washington. They're playing great baseball. There's a lot of factors it can be attributed to. I'm not really going to go into it in this podcast. We've talked about playoffs so much. There's going to be a World at Series episode coming up as soon as that starts. But today I'm going to do something different. Just a little context, though. National sweep make it to the World Series. Um, interesting game, 7-4 victory. And the Houston Astros are up on the Washington Nationals in the other... Or not on the Washington Nationals, excuse me. Are up on the New York Yankees in the other series in the ALCS by a series score of 2-1. to one. That one's going to play out well. Again, Garrett Cole... Yeah, he had what was considered for him a bad game, and he's still unbeatable. So, so again, someone try and t- tell me how to f- hit Garrett Cole, and I'll be I'll be glad to listen because Garrett Cole is someone who is extremely impressive to me, and what he's done this year is absolutely insane. So, yeah, that's my little playoff context, a little quick update on the playoffs, a little bit for the future of the podcast. We should be having a guest next week and in two weeks so we're going to be having guests on back-to-back episodes i think we're going to be talking world series with one guest next week and the week after that we might even be talking season recap or continued world series we'll be maybe doing a cool idea and that third week should be our first fan suggestion episode which was a pretty awesome suggestion if i say so myself so what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be doing an idea that I had. So I found this website a couple years ago known as What If Sports and it basically you can sim if you buy the full version you can sim you can sim full seasons with teams that you make. You can use any player of all time and basically all the major sports they have baseball, basketball, football, hockey, and college football and college basketball. So you could really you could really sim a lot of sports on it. It's called What If Sports and you could also sim matchups with dream teams you made. So what I did on this website today when I was actually driving back from Toronto where I was for the weekend and a little more well actually for the end of the weekend and Monday and Tuesday so I drove back from Toronto today and in the car I set up two of my of dream teams so I'm a fan of the Cleveland Indians obviously so I made my Cleveland Indians all-time team my team of in my opinion and statistically the best Cleveland Indians of all time and I also made a Montreal Expos all-time team 
in the spirit of the Washington Nationals going to the World Series. And because I'm a little bit of a Nationals fan, obviously the Montreal connection, as I've mentioned in previous episodes of my podcast. So I made those two teams, and I made an all-time Expos and an all-time Indians, and we're going to be squaring them off against each other a couple of times in what I'm going to call my Dream World Series. All-time Indians, all-time Expos. If you guys want to hear more of these type of podcasts once it's done, please email the world of baseball podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and we'll definitely do more of these because I enjoyed making these teams. I'm going to go through the teams now starting with the team, the um, Montreal Expos and I'll tell you who I put on and why kind of I put them on. Maybe I'll give a little bit of context. I did, I, I will admit, I did use a list. I used a list for some of the players, not all the players, but some of the players I did use a list to see, like, relievers I'm not particularly versed in. So, when I was asking the best Cleveland Indians relievers of all time, I really had no idea. I've seen the ones that I've seen in my era, but before that I was really confused and I didn't really know what to put. So, I used the list for that, but most of it, a lot of it's off the top of my head, a lot of them is ranked in order. So, um, I'm going to talk about first my Montreal Expos team, then the Cleveland Indians team, and... Then we're going to sim them against each other, see who wins my Dream World Series and in how many games. Okay, so starting off with the Montreal Expos, I'm going to go ahead and just hit up the starting rotation and the bullpen. For the Expos, it's very hard to tell who is a reliever and who's a starter because they, they were very interesting in the way they strategized with their games. So um, I put down five guys as starter slash relievers, and one of them is obviously Steve Rogers, and I took his 1982 year Steve Rogers 240 ERA 1.12 whip and obviously 19 and 8 wins and losses that's a pretty solid season for him I took 1997 Pedro Martinez obviously a former expo a 190 ERA and a .93 whip which is absolutely ridiculous he went 17 and 8 that year with a strike to walk ratio of 305 to 67 which is absolutely nuts so Pedro Martinez in that rotation Bill Gullickson obviously 280 ERA and 1981 with a 112 whip. Dennis Martinez, a really solid all-time starting pitcher, 239 ERA and a 112 whip in his 1991 season with the Montreal Expos. Another thing I'll mention is the player had to have their good season on the Expos. I wouldn't take, like, for example, if like one of the guys on the team, Andres Galarraga, he's the Expos' first baseman that I chose, had a great, better season on the Colorado Rockies. I did not take that version of him. I took the version of him from that season and I put him on Javier Vasquez as my fifth starter. 108, uh, no, excuse me, 342 ERA in 2001 and 1.08 whip during that year. So that's my starting rotation. Ken Hill in the bullpen with a 268 ERA. Jeff Facero, Tim Burke, John Wetland, Brian Smith. I actually was talking to my dad about it and he corrected me saying that it was not Brian, it's Brian. Brian Smith, he had a 249 ERA in 1983. Jeff Reardon, a 130 ERA during his 1981 campaign with a .72 whip. He's easily the best pitcher in this rotation. And since Randy Johnson did not pitch for a long time for the Montreal Expos, he only he only pitched for a little bit, and he was in the bullpen for a little bit. He had a 242 ERA in 1988, and I put him on the team as a reliever. So that's what I did there in terms of the Montreal um, starting rotation and bullpen we'll see who i start i think steve rogers obviously would be my starter in the game one of the world series that's that's my montreal expos rotation though and their bullpen a bunch of pretty solid names another one i'd mention is john wetland with a um 1.37 era in his 1993 season he went nine and three out of the bullpen with a 1.01 whip as well so very solid montreal looking good in the starting rotation department and I'll also say, before I continue, that 
it, this will likely be an op- lopsided victory for the Cleveland Indians. They have a lot more history, a lot more guys who hit like 385 because they've been around for a while, and guys used to do that. Like, so they're not hitting 241 with 29 homers anymore. Now they were hitting like five home runs, and they would hit like a solid 385. So there, there's a bunch of Indians players like that. A bunch of their names I'm not very great at pronouncing either. So, yeah, I'll try with that. But um, Montreal's lineup looks as follows. Their starting catcher, obviously, 1982 Gary Carter. 293 average with 29 home runs, 97 ribbies. Very solid season for him, one of the best catchers of all time. Then my starting first baseman for them would be the 1988 Andres Galarraga. He hit 302 during that year with 29 homers and 92 RBIs. Really solid season for for Andres Galarraga that he had in an Expos uniform. My second baseman, Jose Virdo, um, from two, the year 2000. He batted 330 that year, 24 home runs, 97 RBIs. Tim Wallach will play third. He batted 298 during his 1987 campaign with 26 home runs and 123 RBIs. Orlando Cabrera is the shortstop. He was probably, in my opinion, one of the worst guy on this list. Orlando Cabrera with a 297 year and uh, 17 home runs. A really solid offensive team. Now, maybe not the worst, but he was one of the worst on this lineup. He's going to start it short. There wasn't a lot of great shortstops in Montreal history. But look at this outfield. This outfield is 1986 Tim Raines with 334 with 9 homers and 62 RBIs. He's a primarily a leadoff guy. The year 2000, Vladimir Guerrero, who hit 345 with 44 homers and 123 RBIs. I believe he was the MVP in that year, and it's not surprising at all. And Andre Dawson, obviously, who hit 299 during his 1983 campaign with the Expos, with along the way hitting 32 home runs, 113 RBIs. On the bench for the Expos, Larry Walker, who would be a starter on any other team, he hit 322 with 19 homers in 1994. Rusty Staub, a legendary Expo, one of the first stars the Expo ever had. In 1969, he hit 302 with 29 home runs, 79 RBIs. Larry Parrish had a 307 year. During the 1979 season, he'll be a backup third baseman. And he hit 30 home runs in that year as well. Warren Cromartie hit 304 in 1981. And Bob Bailey hit 287 in 1970. So those are the Montreal Expos players that I chose. I think it's a pretty well-rounded, solid lineup of Expos, considering they were barely around. They weren't around for not for they weren't around for a long time, considering how long the Indians have been around. It's way longer than the Expos. So for the amount of time they've been around, they've had a pretty, pretty solid lineup, and it looks pretty good. For their all-time team, I primarily based what I was gonna, who I was gonna choose on average and home runs, what season I was gonna choose for the players on average and home runs, and for pitchers primarily off of ERA and WHIP, like those are the two stats that really stand out, and those are the ones that I chose to determine who the best Expos players were in in their current year. Um, Cleveland Indians, we move forward. The Indians looking solid as well. Their first starting pitcher is Bob Feller. He had a 2.18 ERA with a 1.16 whip in the year 1946. Gaylord Perry in the two spot for them. He had a 192 ERA with a .98 whip in 72. Klubot, a current player for the Cleveland Indians, spent a lot of this year injured, but in his best season, his 2017 season with the Indians, he had a 225 ERA with an 18-4 record and a .87 whip, which is the lowest period I think that we've seen on this. No, it's actually not the lowest whip not even close to the lowest whip that we'll see on this list. Most of them come from the bullpen. 
with the Indians. Cliff Lee had the 2008 version of him, 22 and three record. That's crazy. You got to be doing something right to do that. That's better than Garrett Cole's record this year. He has a 2.54 ERA and a 1.11 WHIP. CC Sabathia, obviously 2007 version. He had a great year, 3.21 ERA and 19 and seven. So in the bullpen, they have 2007 Raphael Bethencourt, who turned out to be five and one with a 1.7, 1.47 ERA and a 0.76. With Bob Horry, Andrew Miller, Mike Jackson, Cody Allen, Vinny Pistano, and Chris Perez round out that bullpen. I'll just highlight some of the crazy numbers there. Andrew Miller during his 2017 season had a .83 whip. Bob Horry in 2005 had a .89. And Mike Jackson during 1998 had a .88. Um, whip and whip is um, walks plus hits printing for anyone who did not understand that statistic I feel bad because I didn't mention it at the beginning ERA's earned run average how many runs they give up on average per nine innings pitched and walks plus hits per inning is about the average of how many runners get on base per inning so any whip under two is pretty solid and any whip under one is absolutely insane so a lot of these guys have that so really rocking bullpen for the Cleveland Indians we'll look at their lineup and the lineup I set for them Starting catcher Sandy Alomar, he batted 324 in 1997 with 21 homers and 83 RBIs. That's great numbers for a catcher. No one can deny that. And that year, he was only paid $4 million. You're getting way more than a $4 million performance out of a guy like Sandy Alomar for that. That's pretty impressive. Jim told me, how can we forget? Batted 304 with 52 homers, 118 RBIs in 2002. Nap is the French pronunciation. Uh, it looks like Naplejoy, but it's Naplejoy as far as I'm concerned. He batted 384 in 1910 with the Cleveland Naps. 1910 with the Cleveland Naps batted 384 with four homers and 76 RBIs, and he probably played not that many games because the league wasn't that big at that time. So that's pretty impressive for Lejoie. Best third baseman in Cleveland Indians history. They haven't had that many great ones. So Jose Ramirez somehow slides in with his 2017 season. 318 average, 29 homers, 83 ribbies. Not a bad season for Ramirez. He was an MVP candidate that year. Pretty impressive. Omar Vizquel, arguably the best shortstop in Cleveland Indians history. There might be someone coming for him who I'll mention later. But he batted 333 in 1999 with only five homers, 66 RBIs. But the batting average really stands out. Manny Ramirez as well, 1999, also batted 333, but he had 44 homers and 165. RBIs, that'll show you what the long ball can do for you on the RBI standpoint. I mean, you're getting one every time you hit one, plus the guys that are on base. Manny Ramirez is a real monster at the plate during that year. Trish Speaker will play outfield for this Tribe Dream lineup. He batted 388 during 1920 with only eight homers, but he got to the 100 RBI mark, hitting 107 batters in with a great season in 1920. Albert Bell gets the final outfield spot for me. And he batted 357 in 1994 with 36 home runs and 101 RBIs. Solid season for Albert Bell, who's known as a big power hitter in the Indians' history. Maybe one of the best under Tomey and maybe Travis Hafner, who I discuss later. Lou Bordeaux, um, Bordreau, Bordeaux, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm just going to call him Lou. In 1948, he hit 355 with 18 homers and 106 RBIs. He was also known to be a phenomenal fielder. He's a, one of the backup infielders for this team Kenny Lofton 349 in 1994 with 12 homers and 57 RBIs also a great fielder added a little bit of modern flair to this team Frankie Lindor 301 in 2016 with 15 homers and 78 RBIs he has not had a better season batting average wise so I put him in with that 301 season hoping maybe his power will fill in for this dream world series Carlos Baerga 
1993 hit 321 with 21 homers, 114 RBIs, switch hitter, pretty solid to have on your roster, and obviously, Pronk. Best nickname in baseball by far, Travis Hafner, big power guy. You guys should look up pictures of Travis Hafner. You will see why he's called Pronk. He looks like a Pronk. You'll see it. He batted 308 in 2006 with 42 bombs and 117 RBIs. So he makes the cut. That is the Cleveland Indians roster. And right now, I'm going to go ahead to the Sim Engine, and I'm going to put the Cleveland Indians as the home team for the first two games. I'm going to put the Expos as the visiting team for the first two games. We're just going to play them. We're going to start Steve Rogers, and we are going to start for the Indians, I believe, Bob Feller, in those first two games, and we're going to play them at the Indians' home ballpark which I chose to be Cleveland Stadium or something. I chose a really old stadium for the Indians, and I chose, obviously, the Olympic Stadium for the Montreal Expos. Iconic, though it is falling apart now, sadly. There's no DH in this sim, so they're going to be batting a... There's no DH. We'll see if they pinch hit. The way this works is it sims it. It doesn't show it on the screen or anything. So the score automatically comes up. I'll do a quick... I'll sim the game, quick discussion of score, and then I will turn into another game, and we'll see how long the series plays out. Indians all-time, Expos all-time, facing out. Steve Rogers, 240 ERA against Bob Feller, 218 ERA. We are about to play this game, and game one goes to the Expos all-time. Surprisingly, surprisingly, the Montreal Expos all-time take game one by a score of 5-4. to four. They out-hit them 11-7. to seven. This is an interesting game. Rogers goes seven and, a, seven and a third innings for the victory. Um, as far as I can tell... The Indians had one home run from Jose Ramirez, and they had two doubles, both of three doubles, excuse me, two from Tris Speaker and one from Manny Ramirez. They were able to drive in four runs through that. The, what I believe was the big RBIs for um, the Montreal Expos, Vidro had two RBIs, Dawson with one, Guerrero with one, and Carter with one, and that RBI came on a double by Jose Vidro. Tim Raines and Andre Dawson stealing bases, two stolen by Dawson and one by Raines. So game one in the books, Montreal won. Cleveland Indians all-time, none. That's surprising. We're going to do a quick starter switch. Gaylord Perry gets the start for the Cleveland Indians, and Pedro Martinez gets the start for the Montreal Expos. Here we go, game two, still in the Indians all-time field, one of the Expos, and this game goes to the Expos all-time again. And this one's nuts. This is really surprising me because I did actually sim one game beforehand and and the Indians won it by a big score. This one's 15 to 3, favor of the Expos all time. They outhit the Indians 24 to 7. If you look at the game, the player of the game, Tim Wallach, drives in five runs. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. They had a good game. Tim Wallach's Tim Wallach really hitting. Home runs. Dawson had two home runs. Wallach had two home runs. Vladi Guerrero with one. Dawson with two RBIs. Wallach with five, obviously. Gary Carter with two. Galarraga with two. Jose Vidro with two. And Orlando Cabrera with one. And Vladi Guerrero with one. It was a solo shot. A lot of two-out RBIs. Pedro Martinez. We'll see how he pitched. He pitched a complete game. Gave up three runs. That's very solid. Pedro Martinez, obviously, doing the job for them. And on the other side of things, Gaylord Perry gave up a lot of runs. 5.1 innings pitched, 13 hits, 7 runs all earned. Andrew Miller came in, gave up 8 earned runs. So, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty bad game for the Cleveland Indians. Kind of gave out of it. And that's game 2 of the World Series right there. Two zip expos, and they head to their home park. They're going to head to their home park. We'll see the third starters face off against each other. This one's going to be Bill Gullickson versus CeCe Sabathia. 
We'll see how this one goes. Indians all time. Expos all time. Game three, two zip. Expos in the series. We're going to play this one right over here. And the victory goes to Indians all time. So the Indians all time take one away from the Expos by a score of 7-3. Out hit them 15-7. to And player of the game for this one, Hanlier, or excuse me, Manny Ramirez driving in three for the Tribe. Looks like this game was pitched five innings by Sabathia. Bob Howery came in, didn't give anything up. Cody Allen and Pistano came in and all played pretty well. So they kind of held that game for them. Expo's offense didn't look like it could get going as much as it did in the last two games, obviously. Gullickson gave up um, five earned runs in seven innings pitched. Burke gave up two runs in an inning pitched. And Facero came in and didn't do it. Well, he didn't allow any runs. So... That's 2-1 in favor of the Expos as we're going to play another game at home, switching the starters one more time. Cliff Lee facing Dennis Martinez. So Dennis Martinez and Cliff Lee face off. This one's at the Montreal Expos home stadium, and we're going to play this guy. And the Indians all-time tie the series at 2 with an 8-6 victory. They get out-hit by the Expos 14-13, but to me it seems like... This game was Albert Bell collecting four hits and seems like a balanced effort. This one's tied up in this big series, excuse me, between the uh, Montreal Expos and the Cleveland Indians. I've been talking about this forever. i got to change up how I'm speaking about this series. Expos Indians, quick game, ties the series. Montreal, um, again, can't get their offense going as much. Doesn't look like there was much. One home run, one triple from Galarraga, a bunch of doubles. They out-hit them, actually. But this one, yeah, 8-6. 8-6 against the Indians. The Indians just out-hit them when it counted. A bunch of clutch hits. It seems like two out-RBIs were the killer in this one. Albert Bell with a big RBI and Jose Ramirez with big two out-RBIs, which kind of changed the way this game was. Cliff Lee, not a great start. Six-inning pitch, five earned runs. But again, Howery, Allen, and Jackson coming out of the bullpen, doing a good job for the Tribe. Holding that game down for them. And Dennis Martinez, six in pitched. With only three earned runs. The most of the runs came out of that bullpen. John Wetland came up. He had an 81 ERA after that appearance with um, three hitters, um, three hits, four runs, three earned. There must have been an error snuck into that. But regardless, series tied at two. They head back to the Cleveland Indians Stadium for the final pitching matchup of this series between Kluber and Javier Vasquez. We are going to play this one right over here. Game 5. Series tied 2-2 and the Indians all-time take their third in a row. Cleanly beating the Expos. 15-5 out hitting them. Beating them by a score of 7-3. Looked like this one was the long ball. Jim Tomey, Sandy Alomar both hitting bombs and Corey Kluber. Eight innings pitched. Only three runs given up. Sandy Alomar drove in three and that seemed to be all it took. A little bit of balanced offense. Vladimir Guerrero bringing the bat for the Expos, but that seemed to be all for them. Andre Dawson actually also hit a home run, but the Indians really just outplayed them in this one, it looks like, according to this simulation. As I mentioned, Tommy and Alomar with Homer, Tris Speaker, and Tommy and Alomar all recording RBIs in the victory, and Kluber pitching a solid game. 3-2 Indians. They are going to head back to Montreal for a chance to finish off the season. Rogers will get the start for Montreal. He'll face Bob Feller again. This is the same pitching matchup as before. And we'll see who wins this one. Expos need this one. They'll play at home. Here is the final score. 
and the Indians all-time win the World Series, my dream World Series, by a score of one zip. 6-5, they out-hit them. And this only RBI comes from Tris Speaker in the first inning, top of the first inning. Line drive double, and Lajoie scored. So the Indians beat the Expos, winning four straight against the Expos team that beat them 15-5 in the second game of the series. That's interesting. This sim has been used by multiple people. It's proven to be not, well, I mean, it's not, a, obviously, you never know what would happen. It's the game of baseball. But from a statistical standpoint, this sim is one of the best sims you're going to get out there. The other sim I have was a little too complicated to set up for this podcast. That, um, so I use this one, What If Sports. You guys can check it out on the website. Great series. I'd say the MVP of that series for the Cleveland Indians was probably Tris Speaker because I think he recorded an RBI in every single game, including that game-winning RBI. Indians win that series 4-2, to six-game series against the Expos, and considering the Indians all-time um, have been around for about, were around for like a solid 80 years more than the Expos, maybe more than that, um, that's pretty impressive by Montreal. They've had a solid group of ball players in their heyday. Now we're seeing Washington in the World Series. Obviously a great feeling for the former Montreal fans. We'll see what materializes. We'll be back next week with episode 9 of this podcast. We I hope you enjoyed this idea. If you have any suggestions, obviously if you know me, you could come up to me. If you listen to this podcast and do not know me, you may email them to worldofbaseballpodcast.gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at World of Baseball. This is Ben C. Gisser signing out.